Amen and amen. You know, you had an extra hour of sleep last night, so we got to wake you up a little more, okay, with this count me in. We're so glad that you made it to worship today, and today we do begin this stewardship theme and series, Count Me In, and we, we hope and pray that we can count you in. Uh, I'll say uh, quickly that there is a devotional guide for you in the bulletin. I encourage you to use that. It's provided each and every week, but especially during this series. Each devotional guide these next three weeks will focus on the theme of stewardship and giving. And we hope you'll take the time to take advantage of that as you reflect on how we can count you in and how God is calling you to be in in the ministries of the church. One thing we're doing differently this year is that you can pledge as soon as you can. You don't have to wait till Pledge Sunday. If you want to pledge now today, please pledge. Uh, We encourage you to do that. Reflect prayerfully on your pledge, and you can turn that in today or whenever you feel led to do it. Let's be in an attitude of prayer together. Eternal God, we do thank you for the gift of another worship service, and especially this service, Lord, as we begin this day. There's something special about this early service as we begin our days, especially our Sunday, with you, Lord, reflecting on you, worshiping you, and having you guide us. And now, Lord, you have given to me the amazing privilege and responsibility of preaching your word. To these, my friends, and your servants, Lord, a task I always need your strength in order to do. So, Lord, please speak to me and through me in such a way that all of us receive a word from you that will make a difference to our lives. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I want to talk to you today about how you can make a huge impact on this community. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm willing to bet you want to see a difference made in this world. A world that's filled with so much pain and misery and heartache. Like you, I watch the news on the television or on my phone and I see it and it breaks my heart. The violence, the bloodshed, the unkindness, the war, the drug trafficking, the human trafficking. On and on it goes and it just breaks my heart. I recall watching a local news station some time ago. And within a span of a minute, these are the three stories I saw. An infant left in a paper bag next to a dumpster. A grandmother killed in her own living room because of gang violence. A family swindled out of their life savings. And it breaks my heart. And I know it breaks your heart too. You want to see a difference made, a positive difference made in the lives of people in this world that suffers so much. You want to see people pulled up from the pit of life. And you know as a follower of Christ that Christ calls us not only to pray, but to be an answer to prayer for people. You know as a follower of Jesus Christ that we're called to shine our light in this dark world. But maybe you're stuck. Because you see all this overwhelming mess in this world and you're thinking, where do I begin? Or maybe you feel stuck today because you just feel inadequate. You don't have a special skill. You don't have a ton of resources. You're not very gifted or talented, you think. And you're thinking, yes, I'll come to church and I'll pray for the world and I'll pray for other people to step up, but but I'm inadequate. I didn't go to seminary, maybe you say. I'm not very educated. I don't have all the resources that other people have. Or maybe you think you're too young or too old. Too young, you think you don't have enough experience and you're not relevant to the world. Or you're too old. And your time has passed. 
And there's this tension inside of you of seeing all the difficulties in this world, in this community. You're thinking, how in the world can I make a difference? Well, let me tell you this morning, you can make a difference. You can make an impact. And it has nothing to do with skill. It has nothing to do with experience. It has nothing to do with education. It has nothing to do with talent. It has everything to do with taking one small step. That's it. If you take this one small step, you can make a huge difference in this community, in this world for Jesus Christ. And I tell you this, if every person who worshipped at this glorious church, both in person and online, took this step, we could make headline news. If every person in this church took this one small step, the healing we desire for this world could begin right here in the Lakeland community. If every person in this church took this one small step, tons of suffering could be alleviated. What is this small step? Well, the disciples took it. The disciples of Jesus Christ took this step. And the impact was so enormous that that impact is recorded in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What was that step? Well, let's take a look. I'm talking about the feeding of the 5,000. An amazing story. And it's within that story that we see this step I'm talking about today. And for those of you in worship today, and I know there are many of you who have heard this story before, I'm willing to bet that a lot of you have never caught the small step in this story. So let's take a look. It begins in Matthew chapter 14, that version, verse 13. Now when Jesus heard this, He withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. Now by this point in Jesus' ministry, he was a superstar. Paparazzi followed him wherever he went. Well, maybe not. But if the paparazzi had existed, they would have been following Jesus. His sermons were captivating. He was healing people left and right. Everybody wanted a piece of Jesus Christ. Everybody wanted to be near Him. And so we see this in the next verse, in verse 14. When He went ashore, He saw a great crowd. And He had compassion for them and cured their sick. When Jesus went ashore, it says... He saw a great crowd, and it was a great crowd, folks, let me tell you. Because earlier in the text, it says 5,000 people were there. Now, this is an unfortunate thing. Back then, if you can believe it, they did not count women and children. Shame on them. Only men. So that means it is possible that the crowd that faced Jesus that day was 10,000 people. Can you imagine the demand that was on Jesus Christ? 10,000 people who needed healing. 10,000 people who needed His Word, His life-giving Word. 10,000 people. And how did Jesus respond? With compassion. And He spent the entire day healing them. Watch what happens next in verse 15. When it was evening, the disciples came to Him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the village and buy food for themselves. I mean, Jesus had been healing the crowd all day. And so finally the disciples got a clue when they looked at all these people and they noticed they were tired and they were hungry, but they didn't want to leave Jesus' presence. And so they said, Jesus, you've got to do something. These people will not leave unless you tell them to. They are hungry. 
Let him find something to eat. Look at what Jesus says. I love this. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, I'm sorry. No, actually they said, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. I love Jesus' response to his disciples. No, they don't have to go away. You're going to feed them. And I think about the disciples' response. "Uh, Jesus, have you lost your mind? We don't see a Taco Bell anywhere around here. There's no drive-thru around here anyway. Peter, how much do you have? Andrew, how much do you have? What do you have? Lord, we have five loaves and two fish. That's all we have. Does that sound familiar? Ever had that conversation with God? God, this is all I got. I don't have much. I hardly have anything at all. I don't have much time. I don't have much money. I don't have many gifts. This is all I have. This is all I got. And so often that's when the conversation with God stops. That's when God wanting to use us stops because we feel so overwhelmed over all the problems in this world and how little we think we have to give. But then comes the small step. Watch what Jesus says next. This is so important. This is the small step I'm talking about today. I want you to take a look in verse 18. And he said what? Bring them here to me. Can you say that with me? Bring them here to me. Bring what? The five loaves and the two fish. All Jesus asks of the disciples and all Jesus asks of us is that we bring him what we have. Even if we think it's small, even if we think it's totally insignificant, Jesus knows how to use it. He knows what to do to make an impact with it. We don't have to figure everything out. All we have to do is give Jesus what we have. And so often in the church, this is when we miss it. We often make things so complicated when it comes to ministry. We will meet and meet and meet things to death. We'll get so complicated about plans when all Jesus is saying is bring me what you have and I'll do something with it. Who put you in charge? Bring me what you have. And he'll do something extraordinary with it. Take a look. Verse 19. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. Now I want you to notice something interesting. After Jesus took those elements and blessed them that food, notice that Jesus did not go and distribute those things, that food, himself. What did he do? He asked his disciples to distribute the food to the people. And what does that mean? That means when it comes to helping others, Jesus counts on us to do it. We are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. And when it comes to serving other people and helping other people, Jesus is counting on us. And we need to hear this. I'm going to get to preaching this morning because so often many folks think that coming to worship is enough. That praying is enough. That going to a Bible study is enough. That is not enough. 
if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, if you're a fan of Jesus, maybe that's enough. But if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that is not enough. What this text shows us today is, if we're followers of Jesus Christ, Jesus wants us to engage people, to serve people, to get our hands dirty, to be His hands and feet in this world. Because after all, when we joined this church, we took those vows, didn't we? To serve the church with our prayers and our presence and our gifts and our service and our witness. You know, we just had charge conference. And around this time or before charge conference, we often send letters to people. We reach out to people we haven't heard from. One, because we care, because we miss them. And the other thing is to remind them of the vows they took. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. You're a member of the team. And we need you. You want to know something that will blow your mind? If you don't, I'm still going to tell you. So here it is. In the Bible, did you know that the only time, there's only one time in Scripture that God Almighty does not rely on His people to serve others? You know the story? It was the manna God sent from heaven to the Israelites in the desert. But all that manna stopped once they entered the promised land. And every other instance in Scripture, God uses His followers, His people, to do the work, to serve others. When God wants something done, He counts on us to do it. And that's what this Count Me In campaign is all about. Can we count you in? Can we count you in? This is the pledge. Because one of the things we're doing when we fill out a pledge card is we're saying, Lord, you can count me in. I'm available. I'm a follower. I am your follower. And we need your pledge. Number one, because it saves the finance committee a lot of heartburn when we know we know how much people are going to give. But it's more than that. It's a promise. Lord, I hear your call. You can count me in. And, and we need you. Because next year's budget, it's 7% more than this year's budget. And so we need you to give. And just give what you have. And I'll tell you this, you know, the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver, but you know what? The church will take a grumpy one. So just give anyway, okay? Fill out the card. Because what all this means, and that's just one way to be available. To say, Lord, I give you what we have. I give you what I have. Because the whole message of today is simply this. And I don't want you to miss it. Jesus is not looking for ability. Jesus is looking for availability. That's all he's looking for. He's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for people who care. He's not looking for people who have it all figured out. He's looking for people who want to be used by Him. He's not looking for educated people. He's looking for people who want to leave suffering in this world. That's what He's looking for. And I tell you, if we simply give Jesus what we have, He can do miracles with it. Even if it's just one hour a week. If you have one extra hour a week, spend it teaching Sunday school. If it's just an extra $30 that you don't use to spend on Starbucks coffee, which is too expensive anyway, give it to the church and watch Jesus do something extraordinary with it. Even if it's taking time to listen to someone who is upset, who is hurting. Make yourself available 
And Jesus will do miracles with it. Take a look. How do I know? Look what happens at the end of the story in verse 20. Look at this. And all ate and were filled from five loaves and two fish. And they took up what was left over, the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. This is beautiful. The disciples trusted Jesus enough to give them what they thought was insignificant. The disciples trusted Jesus enough to say, here is what I have, just use it. And Jesus did it. I tell you this, so many people I know in the ministry want to experience God. And so often they miss that experience because they simply will not allow themselves to be available. You want to experience God? Say, God, I make myself available to you. I don't have much, but this is what I offer. And watch God do a miracle with it. I promise you that. I'll give you some examples. We talk about social media. And, you know, we, we like to poo-poo social media a lot, you know. The kids are always on the phone scrolling TikTok and Instagram and all that. And incidentally, I asked a youth recently... Is it acceptable for a 50-year-old pastor to be on TikTok? She looked at me like, you know, I was a Martian and said, No, stay on Facebook. That's where all the old people are, okay? Thank you so much. But did you know, if we're simply available on social media, God can perform miracles with it? And it happened just a few years ago when a one-day-old infant was kidnapped from the hospital. Her name was Baby Victoria. It was a hospital in Quebec. And everybody was reeling from this. Fortunately, a security camera caught the kidnapper. She was dressed in a nurse uniform as a disguise. And the baby was in a blue blanket. And she got into a red car. And they caught all this. And they put this alert on social media. Well, there were four 20-year-olds, and here's a picture of them. I think we have it. Maybe we don't. Four 20-year-olds who were just scrolling through their phone one day, that particular day. And they saw the alert, and they said, this is in our backyard. Let's just go out and take a look. And they went out. They shared the alert. They went out to look for that red car, and would you know they found that car, and they found the kidnapper. They called the police. The kidnapper was found, and the baby was returned to mama. 20 minutes. Getting in the car. Being available. Saved a baby's life. You think, think I'm kidding? You make yourself available to God, you never know the miracles that could happen. It happened to a guy who posted something on a forum. A guy who was going to commit suicide. But this is what he wrote. To the guy at the train station when I was 18. You saved me. You don't know it, but that day I was going to kill myself. I had just lost what I thought was my dream job and my girlfriend dumped me. I got kicked out of my house and was having the worst week ever. I walked to the station and stood a little too close to that yellow line waiting for the inevitable. You must have noticed. 
because you walked over to me and asked me the time. You started making conversations with me like you had known me forever. It was so strange, yet you were so friendly. And you put your hand on my shoulder, he said, and you told me it was going to be okay, and I believed you. Then he wrote, last month I graduated from paramedic school, and every night I walk by that same train station and just sit for an hour to make sure no one is going to do the same thing. You saved me, and I am forever in your debt. Because one man was available for a few minutes of kindness, a life was saved. Jesus is not looking for ability. He's looking for availability. So this is what I want you to do. Two things. Get out your pledge card and either fill it out today and turn it in or look at it and start prayerfully considering your pledge. And then in the bulletin, somewhere, write down how you're going to make yourself available to God. And I'll tell you this, and I'll say it many more times, I would never ask you to do something I am not willing to do. I've already turned in my pledge. My wife and I give 10%, 10%, at least 10%, to the church. Give back what the church gives us. 10%. Because I want to make myself available. God can count me in. Can He count you in? Let's pray. Oh Lord Jesus, forgive us when we think we have so little to give. And all you need is for us to be available. That's it. So, Lord, we make ourselves available to you. Use us. Use our resources. Use our money. Use our skills. Use our time. Use our kindness to change this community for you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. We hope you've been inspired and enlightened and found meaning in this service. Receive this benediction. And now may that mind that was in Christ Jesus be in you also. May the love of God, our Heavenly Father, abide with you this day and throughout this week. May the guidance and power of the Holy Spirit fall fresh upon you. And the faith and fellowship of all true disciples of Jesus Christ go with you and sustain you both now and forevermore. Amen.